0: Eastern Oklahoma Catholic Podcast can be found on your favorite streaming platform, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Good evening, everybody. As fathers we mentioned, my name is Jim Southard, and I'm one of the 18 seminarians studying for the Diocese of Tulsa and Eastern Oklahoma. My home parish is the Church of the Madeline here in Tulsa. I attend a St. Mineridge Seminary and School of Theology uh, located in the very, very very small town of St. Minard in southern Indiana. And this year I will be entering my first year of theology studies and my third year of formation overall. Lord willing, I have four years remaining until my ordination to the priesthood. Now, watchful observers during these events over the past few years have probably noticed me up here, especially towards the end of the evening when we all gather up front together and while it is my hope that we get the tune of the Salve Regina stuck in your head, it's quite possible that you've gone home humming the tune that goes something more like, one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> and you know that, that's a fair observation because as you'll see, I am a little bit different than a lot of the other seminarians we have. And so asking, well, what's his story? is a fair question. So I hope you might indulge me for a moment so I can tell you the short version of the story of how I got here. I grew up in Southern California, outside of Los Angeles. Both of my parents worked very hard to support my three older sisters and me. So in my family, Sundays were not typically a very big day. Um, Kind neighbors invited us to go to church with them. And so I remember a few times going to Sunday school, but We didn't really like it very much, and our weary parents didn't force the issue. So, that's how I grew up as an agnostic for a lot of my adult life. I had learned a little bit about God, but I wasn't sure for myself if He really existed or not. And the question just receded into the background as I grew up through adolescence and into young adulthood, preoccupied with other things like school and work and girls and careers and houses. But I'd always been fascinated by the weather, though, which is weird because in Southern California there is no weather. <laughs> it's just pretty much nice all the time. Um, whenever it might rain, the local news stations there freak out and they go into storm watch, just like you know what happens here in Oklahoma for a tornado happens there for a raindrop. But. You know, on those rare occasions when we would actually get some thunder and lightning, I would be transfixed, sitting by the window, staring out at the sky, trying to figure out what is this amazing thing that's happening? And this would only happen maybe once or twice a year. That that lifelong interest in the weather that I had is what would bring me to Oklahoma. I like thunderstorms, and what place has more severe thunderstorms and tornadoes than Oklahoma? So... Uh, So I went to school at the University of Oklahoma and graduated with a bachelor's degree in meteorology in 2005, found a great job here in Tulsa not long after that, and I've been here pretty much ever since. But that unanswered question about God, that followed me here to Tulsa too. And most of the time as I was beginning to build my life here, it was just kind of like a dull toothache pain that just kind of bothered you, bothered me from time to time. Besides, I was having success in my job. I was earning raises, I was earning bonuses, getting myself a nice house and a nice car. I was doing all the things that the world tells us we need to do in order to be happy, yet I wasn't happy. And in that unhappiness and dissatisfaction of mine, the question about God surged into the foreground. The best way I can describe what happened to me is to think about St. Paul on the road to Damascus. In the Acts of the Apostles, we read that Saul was struck by a flash of insight from the Lord so stupendous that he was left blinded and stunned. After work one evening, God burst into my life in a way so overwhelming and stupendous, but yet at the same time, so tender and uniquely and lovingly made just for me, that any doubts I had at that point about the existence of God fell away from me completely. Yes, there is a God. And yes, he's been trying to get my attention for a very long time. From that moment, I had many good friends who rallied to my side and who helped me find my way into the Catholic Church and I was baptized and confirmed April 19th, 2014, the Church of the Madeline. (laughs) (laughs) Since then, I've had time to wonder why God called me? Why was he trying so hard to get my attention? When I became aware a few years later of how much I loved serving my parish and the people there, I started thinking about maybe if my love of serving my friends aligned with ordained ministry, if maybe that's what, that was God's idea for me. Because as an unmarried man, there are a lot of paths open to me in the church. I tried looking around on my own to, into certain religious orders, but never really got very far. Um, I realized I needed help from the church, and so I reached out to Father Michael Pratt, who was our vocations director at the time, and explained my story and my desires, but yet also my concerns, because I was af- I, I'm, to be honest, I was afraid I was too old. Um, you know, I'm that it was going to be too late for me. I'm I'm 47, by the way. Um. <laughs> um. Father Pratt was, was a wonderful listener. Um, he listened to me carefully. He helped set me straight. We talked together, we worked together, we prayed together. And now, here I am, um, preparing to take a concrete step forward. <laughs> Returning to the story of the conversion of St. Paul, There's another character involved in the event, and he's someone who's very easy to overlook. When Saul had his encounter with the Lord, he was left blinded and vulnerable. It wasn't until a disciple named Ananias, who had experienced his own vision of the Lord, came and laid hands on Saul that he regained his sight and his strength. After that, it wasn't much longer until Paul began to boldly proclaim the faith in Damascus. For every Paul, there's an Ananias, and I've seen a lot of Ananiases out there. My friends Andrew and Carrie Artzer, who were the first Ananiases to me when I was blinded and vulnerable after my initial encounter with the Lord, they answered all my questions about the faith, every single one. They took me by the arm when I couldn't see for myself, and they guided me into the church. And I'm now blessed to be the godfather to their daughter, Abigail, who will be making her first communion soon. There's my friend Bernadette Anderson from the Church of the Madeline, who invited me to her family's home for dinner one night. And while I was there, I saw my seminarian card with my picture on it sitting on the windowsill in her kitchen. And I told her, you need better decor. (laughs) But she said she put that card there so that every time she or one of her kids was passing by through the kitchen, fixing something to eat or cleaning up together after dinner, they would remember to pray for me. There's my new friend, Jose Fox from Misión Sagrado Corazón in Hefner, who slipped a few dollar bills into my hand after mass one day, just because he knew how, I much, how much I loved the Coca-Cola from Mexico in the glass bottles with the real sugar. (laughs) This man I'd only known for a few weeks shared with me from what he had. This year, I, at the seminary, I received a mountain of cards in the mail for my birthday. Many from people I haven't even met yet in person. How in the world am I deserving of any of this? And I know that Ananias is here tonight too. This room is filled with Ananiases. I've seen the tuition statements that the diocese receives from the seminaries. I'm sorry, I know I'm not supposed to have seen those. Um, But good formation for seminarians is not cheap, but even there Ananias is there to help to meet that need. I thank you all profoundly as deeply as I can on behalf of myself and my 17 brother seminarians that for being Ananias' to us. How in the world am I deserving of this? Yet, here am I. Three weeks from tonight, Lord willing, at a mass in the very, very, very little town of St. Meinrad, with the entire seminary community present, I will be together with my classmates as the church receives us as candidates for holy orders. It will mark the first time I express publicly my desire to dedicate my life to the service of the church for the glory of God and the good of souls. It's the first official checkpoint on the journey toward being ordained a priest. It's only the first of those checkpoints, but already things feel more real to me. This year, when I get back to the seminary, I will be starting the intensive study of theology. And the inward change that is taking place in me as I continue to be formed will soon be mirrored by an outward change, too, the change to clerical attire. More and more, inwardly and outwardly, I will look the part. I know that um, one of the themes of the end of summer retreat is what happens at the lake stays at the lake. (laughs) But I do want to share a brief story from our recently concluded retreat. Um, At at the end of the retreat, the seminarians host a dinner for um, a large number of guests. Bishop Condorla and many of the priests of our diocese were able to come, along with several other friends. At this dinner, my brothers will tell you readily, I was behaving like a Martha. (laughs) Really like a Martha. But... I just wanted to put myself at the, at the disposal of everyone there. At the end of the night, I was exhausted. Um, but at the same time, I was so happy because everyone had a good time. If I do become a priest, Lord willing, I'm most looking forward to those days that are busy. So busy. Beyond busy. Insanely busy. That it takes everything I've got to meet the demands. At the end of the day, I will be happily exhausted, dedicating my life to the service of the church for the glory of God and the good of souls. That's the kind of priest I pray I can be. Thank you all for being Ananias to me.